Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 40. What? 40 of Jen and Millie. This is 40. I, that was a phrase I used for a while. Um, <laughs> episode 40 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Hi, Tess. Hi. Thanks for being in this new container space. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So we're here. You might hear birds in the background. Um, we're here at Allie's home. Yeah. I love it. It's so cozy. I like having the microphone in my house. I maybe could get one of my own. Get used to it. Yeah. yeah. I brought it home last night in preparation for us. So I have a little desk in my um, apartment and where I work from home or do my schoolwork. And it was I set it on there because I didn't want it stuffed in a bag you know overnight and um and so I was like oh this could be so easy I could just make my own podcast talk mm-hmm. about what I'm learning in school yeah you don't need me I'm like, Man. um the other thing I thought about was just how this uh, microphone looks so retro yeah super cool so it feels like in the studio the you know, like did you ever watch the movie good morning vietnam with Robin mm-hmm. Williams. No. Um, it reminds me of that. He had his headset on and he was talking into the microphone. Cool. And, um, this microphone reminds me of an old school microphone. So as promised, um, during our last episode, we talked about, kind of gave you a teaser and a prep, that we were going to talk about failure, otherwise known, better known as resilience. Okay, but before we jump into that, I want to do a little bit of reflection based on last week's episode because we got so many awesome responses and pictures from people of their first cars. Like, I loved it. It was such a, I don't know what it was about that question, why we, or that prompt or that discussion that led to so much more response from people. But I feel like we got great feedback, really good thoughts about how do you bend the rules or what does rebellion look like? And um, and I think we've even had lots of conversations, you and I, you know, off, off script, off podcast, podcast um about our different forms of rebellion yes and I think that's been really good and really enlightening for me because oftentimes I don't think of myself as a rebel right in the traditional sense but I've come to see more and more and more how much rebellion how much I push back um, from systems or from norms yes um in my world right like we were talking about you know some guy who was touting all sorts of conservative christianity that was being actually really mean to other groups of people right and how i was like that's really frustrating you know as someone who personally is a christian to see someone like that and say that's a person associated within my group mm-hmm. right and so knowing that me pushing back against that maybe view you know, reductionistic view of faith, right, is my way of rebelling, right, is my way of taking a stand. So, But as I've told you before, Tess, and I think this is a good place for me to say it so that we have it recorded, I'm so grateful for your open mind and heart mm-hmm. because you've given me a different perspective of, of your faith. Um, it's not judgy and it's not condemning and it's not excluding it feels very warm, very welcoming, um, very, I see you, I hear you, um, and you create um, a culture of welcoming in so many different ways, and, and I'm super grateful for that as an example, because that's not always been the example that I've witnessed, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people feel that way, um, mm-hmm. and it's a great segue into talking about what we perceive as failure. Yeah, um, I think... One of the biggest um, takeaways for me in learning about resilience and learning about trauma mm-hmm. is 
the focus and the opportunity that we have to not judge. So I will completely own and recognize that I am a horribly judgmental person. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially to those that are closest to me. Mm-hmm. I can be extraordinarily harsh. And I think one of the things I'm working on in this particular season is recognizing where I'm not who I say I am and really working hard on that. I looked at um, or listened to a podcast, uh, of course, with Maria. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she was um, she had this conversation um, with Brene about why are, we, why are we the worst to those we love the most. And mm-hmm. it's a level of comfort, and I think a level of you can let down and let yeah, out. Right, be um, who you really are, which in all the rough edges that that entails, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. However, I think when people are going through times of struggle or perceived failure, that's the time when you need to lift them the most, and I've Mm -hmm. not always been good at that Mm -hmm. as much as I claim to be. Sure. So I have a lot of work to do. Um, But I think this is a good topic for us to think about. So when it comes to rebellion, Mm -hmm. what we perceive is failure. So Mm -hmm. I think part of the reason – and. For those that are listening that know me from the Allison Horn graduated in 1993 Exeter, <laughs> they know me as rebellion. Mm-hmm. For those that know me as um, teammates, Allison Horn, 2015 to now, they probably see me as I like rules, I like structure, I like people who do what they say yep. they're going to do. <laughs> but I think part of that um, recognition for me is. I see a lot of my rebellion as failure. A mm. lot of my big time rebel acting out moments are in my mind perceived as big time screw ups. When you were young, do you mean? Yes, okay. when I was young. Interesting. Okay. And that mm. it also makes it hard to own. So I, I felt when we were talking about the vehicles, almost like I was treading on super thin ice like the ice was just going to fall out and everyone was going to go oh well here she is she is a mess um I loved that my um my lifelong best friend Katie who listens in in her um, morning workouts she emailed right away and said she made a comment about you know cruising Maine that we talked about and then Mm -hmm. you know rebellion we know one another for rebellion her mom was at Lauren's graduation party on Sunday mm-hmm. and came up to Lauren's dad Mike and me and said you too and just kind of shook her <laughs> finger because she now knows yeah because in our adulthood we've told Linda this is what was actually going on when you caught us doing you know whatever oh, no. we were doing and I love that the adults in my life now I'm an adult too but the adults in my <laughs> life have said oh come on Allison you were just a kid Hmm. or we knew and I knew you'd come out of that yeah or I knew we loved you anyway Hmm. that is really powerful so we talked last time about the trauma and resilience um um Mm -hmm. mentor academy and I I've listed that on our um worth mentioning board on Pinterest but I did take the resilience quiz and uh, I will send it to you, and I will um, also put it directly on the worth mentioning. The resilience quiz was a big aha for me. Mm. So when I think about failure and the reason probably why I got into the work that I'm in, resilience factors are based around the support systems that you have in place. 
Hmm. So I am not resilient by nature on my own. I'm resilient because people believed in me. Sure. So I've been thinking a lot about, is this mm-hmm. what drew me to mentoring? Is this why this work feels like it's always been a part of me? And I think when I listened back to the podcast I did with Hannah, I had this aha of, oh, I had strength-based mentors in my life my whole life. Yeah. But now, I'm not, not till I'm teaching and talking about it, do I think about Mrs. Weber? Hmm. And do I think about Aunt Meg? And do I think about my grandpa? Yesterday I had a coaching call um, with a physician and I was talking with him a little bit about the influence my grandpa was. And, you know, we talked about driving and how he was the one who taught me. He was completely rebelling. If my mom would have caught him letting me drive, she would have been furious. (laughs) But he was willing to do that to help me see that I could, to help me see Mm -hmm. what was possible. And I think that's where resilience really lies. Mm. It, yes, it's somewhat in mindset. But it really is in your your circle of support. Yeah. So for me to reflect on, am I giving that same kind of support? Hmm. Am I part sure. of someone else's resilience package that they yeah. need in order hmm. to get through failure? That's good. Oh my goodness, I love that. Um, I didn't grab. I I got this flip calendar from day to day quotes from yes. um, Jen Benson. She's my um, manager here, and um, she gave it to all of us on her team for Christmas, and gave us each different calendars based on you know our unique strengths. Like she's high individualization, and you can totally tell because they're perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So I got this one that has very like philosophical or thought provoking, or just some really great um, great quotes from all sorts of different thinkers or. Um, people in kind of different faiths and things like that and um, and um, it was um, actually George Washington um, that said there's no such thing as failure you only um, they're only learning opportunities and it was something to that extent that wasn't a direct quote but mm-hmm. it's um, only you know it's only a failure if, if you don't learn from it um, I think was exactly what it was um, it's only a failure if you don't learn from it and um, and so that, that's what I love like this word um, failure I think is um, I don't know, for some reason when I think about it, I think about a person who won't get up again, right? Like almost like a, that like I don't think of a failure as a moment or an event. It's almost like of someone that embodies and sits with failure, right? That's when I think of the word. That's the connotation I receive, right? I don't think about a moment. I think about a person who won't get up again after something happens um, rather than an event or an act. Um, and wow, so, Tess, that's a big light bulb for both of us because I see it as an act. Okay, so that's what I was thinking. I was going to ask if you see it that way. Like when I think of failure, it's like, yeah, it's someone. It's a person. someone who won't. Yeah, yep, yep. And that's what like I don't want to become a failure, right? I think that's been like in my language or in my you know subconscious or something, right? Like I don't want to be a failure. So when I think about that, I think of a full embodiment of a person, right? A title. You know, a title, a, um, a label that mm-hmm. you would wear right um and so and I don't know that I've ever really met someone like that right most I think even if we don't have a ton of resilience within our spirit innately I think we're right we have people around us who lift us up and humans are I think naturally resilient right we're here mm-hmm. today you know some odd millions of years after we were created or mm-hmm. the big bang happened right mm-hmm. we're still here so I think there's something in our human nature that has resiliency right so but but there's this kind of 
almost ideological person or this idea of of failure to me is within a human being itself like it's a label for a person rather than an act right because I don't ever see any actions or any decisions as failure right because for me and that goes back to strengths right that's my learner I learn from everything that happens in my life right so I've never I've had moments where I've made the wrong decision but I wouldn't label them as failure I would say I learned so much from that. And usually it's in those moments, the moments I made the wrong decision, mm-hmm. I said the wrong thing or, you know, acted out of an impulse rather than thinking it through, that those are the moments I've learned the most and grown the most from. So that it would be the furthest away from failure. Okay, so I want to strength spot and praise your parents mm. because that is a mindset that had to have been shown to you. Oh, yeah. And modeled. I think in their marriage, definitely. I mean, they went through really, really hard times in their marriage, but they never gave up. I mean, it was like, we're with each other, so we're, we keep going, right? There were definitely times where I looked at them and I'm like, they should not be together, right? I'm like, gosh, I'm so glad they aren't, you know, because it's like detrimental for both of them and for all of us. But, you know, but that just wasn't in the cards for them because of their right. faith and their belief. And that just was never an option. And we don't have any divorce in my family at all, you know, extended family. And so I think that was just you know, everyone makes hard decisions. Everyone says wrong things, right? But in the end, those are your people. I also wonder how much of it is your regional, your, your, and I'll tell you about this off record here in a second, (laughs) but, um, we, we just recently have been doing interviews and Mm. during an interview, one of the questions, and I wouldn't have chosen this question, but it was a question, you know, what are your weaknesses? Now in my head, Mm. I use the language of lesser talents. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I would even sometimes rephrase it, you know, yeah. lesser talents. And or what are your growth areas? One, <laughs> one, one of the um, people interviewing said, oh, you mean my learning opportunities. Hmm. And, I mean, I just, I loved it. You weeped probably. I, I, I mean, well, I just <laughs> clapped my hands. I did a lot of clapping. <laughs> These poor interviewers were like, I don't know if I'm like in a cheering squad. Or like an interview or panel. I have to work on my, as you know, as you all know, I so have to work on my facial expressions. Oh, and the beam with pride kind of stuff that comes oh, yeah. out of me, I can't help it. Also, <laughs> interviews are so nerve-wracking. Oh, so yeah. my empathy heart, from the second someone walks in, I'm just like, it's oh, okay. It's okay. Breathe. And, and I'm doing this with my face. Just, it's all right. And You're going great, I Michael. <laughs> I really have to work on that. Um However, I loved her response, and she is fluent in experiential learning. Mm-hmm. And that just, I mean, it, it made so much sense to me, but that is not how I grew up. Hmm. That was not my family of origin. I was almost constantly reminded that I was not enough and not getting it right. Mm. And I've been thinking about this a lot when it comes to, we all have different experiences of trauma. Mm. All of us. And a lot of individuals, a lot of people can get stuck in that trauma, wherever that trauma is. However that trauma lays on our heart Mm. and we can get stuck in that story. And so the story that I've told myself since I was very young is a story of being abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, being adopted, um, go- losing my dad at a young age, um, going through some really hard things with my mom growing mm-hmm. up, um, yeah. then having some major family issues um, when I was expecting Lauren, um, and 
not having family around me, um, not my family anyway, when, when I had my kids. So I have a mm-hmm. very strong sense of I could screw something up and you and you'll leave. And, you'll yeah. leave. and yeah. so I know that's a story that I tell myself, but, and I was just talking about this last night. I don't know if this was intentional or subconscious or my um, learning from, um, you know, being a social major. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely adamant that that cycle would stop with my own children. And so I am, one of the greatest compliments I've received recently came from Steph when she said to me, I think part of the reason you can't focus when other people are around here in the, in the (laughs) office (laughs) Mm -hmm. is because you're so present. Yeah. Yeah. And that was very intentional about my being when I left home and started my own life, that I wanted people to feel unconditionally loved and that I was always Mm -hmm. present and there's no failure, no mistake. There's nothing that would change how I love you. Nothing ever. And to think about that now, you know, when you step back and you reflect and I look at a 23 and a 19 year old Mm -hmm. and I sometimes wonder how did I get any of that? (laughs) Right. And I don't think I did. I think, um, I think we definitely did something, but I think we all did, (laughs) but also they're just innately great people, Mm -hmm. but I was intentional that I didn't want them to ever feel the way that I felt. Yeah. Generational trauma is a real thing. Yes. Yeah. And I can now look back and see why my mom mm-hmm. was the way my mom was because of how she grew up mm-hmm. and the feelings of abandonment that she had yeah. and the way that she didn't know. You don't, you can't do what you don't know mm-hmm. because you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So if it's normal to you, that you're going to be admonished for failure or you're going to be potentially, you know, I'm done mm-hmm. because you screwed up. Yeah. You don't know any different. Yeah. And so I can think back and be so grateful for the day I walked on campus at Doan. Mm. Because all of that went away for me. And awesome. I got I felt acceptance there. I yeah. felt a value. I felt talented. Um, there yeah. were all these people who said, oh, you'd be really good at this. You should do this. Yeah. You should do this. You should do this. And that was my world then. So, you know, growing up, I heard that from teachers and I heard yeah. that from, but it wasn't reinforced at home. Yeah. And, and I so, love that. That's such an echo to the the need for community and resiliency, right? Yes. So I think about such a good example in your life, like if you're willing to share a little bit more about it, is when you went to Doan, the professors that said, you will not stop going to school. Yeah. Like you need to finish. Yep. And we want you to finish. And you're really great at that, despite mm-hmm. your life circumstances yep. changing drastically in the mm-hmm. midst of school. And right. so... Like, that's awesome, right? You will not quit. Yeah. Was the statement that was made to me. Because I came in thinking, based on family responses and judgment, I had to quit. I didn't even think it was an option for me to continue with school. And when I came in to tell them, they were like, you will not quit. We won't let you. And so when you take this resilience quiz, what you'll see are Mm. the questions are not so much around self, but more around who do you have in your life that saw you, saw the best in you, believed in you. And it made me think of this quote that I just received in an email um, from a mentor. Um, My young but very wise mentee just told me last week, sometimes your lowest and worst moments can set you up for your greatest accomplishments and Mm -hmm. achievements. Oh, beautiful. There's There's no learning in easy. Nope. 
And as hard as some of the things have been for any of us, there's no learning in the easy. And yeah. so I think what's awesome about your mindset test is that you don't have to work at it. Mm-mm. I have to work at growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And then it made me think of Shane. I mean, just always, these kinds of things make me think of Shane. Yeah. Is that why Shane was drawn to hope work? Mm-hmm. Because he needed more practice? Yeah. You know, is that why I'm drawn to growth mindset and the concept of purpose? Mm-hmm. Because sure. I need more practice. And, yeah. you know, learner's high for me, not as high as it is for you. But I think I want to continue to learn life lessons. I just don't want them to be so hard. <laughs> I just don't want them to be so rough. Right. Can I just get a little yeah. like free pass? But I think it's interesting when you dive into like you were talking about your personal history, right? You have experienced a lot of childhood trauma, mm-hmm. right? Like you mm-hmm. even say like you have your ACEs score is like off the roof. It's, right? it's, out of, out of it's world, pretty right? high. Yes. So like mine is I think zero. <laughs> Right? So, like, I, my learning, Seriously? You know, right? Like, I didn't have any, you know, I don't have, like, any issues, you know, right? Like, it's all perceived issues, right? Which are definitely, like, things I learned, right? Like, the guilt I learned from the Catholic Church, you know? Like, things that, you know, that, that I learned and interpreted as a child, but I didn't ever really go through any trauma, right? Any experiential trauma. And so, understanding that, that also could be why, right? You, your approach to to these failures or these hard moments or these traumas in your life, they were forced upon you yes I seek them out because I didn't have them right and I know that they're growth opportunities for me because the few that I've experienced I've been able to very readily because they've been more in my adulthood that I've experienced these hard issues right and I've had to react to them and respond to them in a way where I've had to make a choice right whether or not I'm going to take this and sulk in it and think of myself poorly as a result and self-deprecate or if I'm going to choose to say no I get to turn around and go to work tomorrow and I get to respond in a better way right or I get to turn around and hang out with my friends tomorrow and respond to them in a more loving way right Mm -hmm. so I it's been a choice Mm -hmm. but I all of my experiences with with quote-unquote events of failure right or events of trauma that have led to maybe choices that aren't the best have really all happened in my adulthood so I think that makes a big difference too, right? And how my learned response to that, because I have much more agency, right? And much yes. more, um, you know, not a whole lot, right? I'm 25, but much more experience to be able to to take a step back. And I think that my understanding, my strengths and myself are really helpful in that to say, I'm going to take a step back. This is how I responded. And it makes sense that I responded in that way. Mm-hmm. But how do I want to respond in the future, right? How can I learn from that? Mm-hmm. So I feel like your strategic comes into, it's a superpower. Mm-hmm. You you know that you've not had the growth learning maybe that yep. could have happened through some higher ACE score, for <laughs> yeah. example. Um, but you, you have created, not created, but found moments of struggle yeah. and contemplation around why am I struggling? Yep, exactly. And... Yeah. Not everyone takes the time to mm-hmm. step back and say, why is this, yeah. why is this pattern Difficult showing up? Me, why is yeah. this a trigger? Mm-hmm. Why is this a problem? Yeah. And I think one of the best things that we can do as mentors and we can do as humans is to step back and say, okay, if I don't want this pattern to repeat, mm-hmm. what do I need to look at and learn 
for myself, yeah. not blame cast, not, well, if he would only do this or if mm-hmm. she would respond differently, but really, yeah. why is this bothering me? Yeah, and good. that's hard for me because mm-hmm. it's a lot easier for me to say, well, this person is at the top mm-hmm. of my annoying list, so that's why I'm not having a good day. And I think that that's a good thing to know because strengths is such positive language, mm-hmm. so it's hard to dig into those tough behavioral patterns, right? If you aren't approaching it very deliberately and, and looking at your strengths through those times, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can do hard work with your strengths and get into those rough times. And that's the beauty of it. We've talked right. about it on here, right? Is digging into the basements, digging into the negative, the shadow sides of your strengths to be able to um, to pull out, to pull them out of the basement, to pull them into a more mature form, right? right. Is awesome. But I think the natural tendency of strengths, right? And you have high positive the natural tendency right is to is to look at it in a good way right so if you think you know here are my talents and my strengths and I'm going through a hard time it must be something external right right there's right. that that secondary you know um, kind of almost implicit thought behind it because right. there is such a positive connotation to strengths and talents and but, and yeah. looking at the looking at the basement of your strengths is not the same as this is what's wrong about me Yes. And I think we, we catch that a lot, Tess, in mm-hmm. um, intro strengths training. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you know, people yeah. look at their top, uh, yeah, the, people say this is annoying about me or I know this is me to a fault. We hear that language mm-hmm. all the time. When I first saw my strengths, and I can say this with total honesty and clarity, I could not believe that I was chosen to to lead strengths development for teammates. Mm-hmm. I can still see myself sitting there in the meeting looking at Suzanne like, what? What? <laughs> you got the right person. Right. And then when I took my strengths, I knew those words, but they were everything that was wrong about me. Mm. You talk too much. You overthink things. Oh, you ask too many questions. Um, you think you have to be friends with everybody. And why are you crying? I mean, all of these were questions that I had throughout my life that I thought were things that were wrong about me. Mm. Very much discouraged in a lot of ways in my home life. The mm-hmm. questions were constant. You know, I remember being really little. I don't know if I've told this story on here before, but I was sure that my heart had stopped. And so, <laughs> you know, walking around. So I'm downstairs in my room. I had a room in the basement and all purple, purple carpet, purple walls, purple everything. And I came up from my purple bedroom and in the middle of the night and I went to my mom and I said, I can't feel my heart beating. Why is my heart not beating? Why can't I feel my heart beating? And I understand how annoying that would be as a parent. But I was constantly full of questions and I needed to talk them out. And that was often stifled. So I think that probably led to me writing and reading because I wanted to get my Mm. questions and my thoughts out. Um, And they used to send me to Monsignor. Um, yep. our priest, <laughs> Tell me that. um, who would smoke cigars and have a whiskey while Allison would ask him 5,000 <laughs> questions. Um, but I, love that. I mean, still to this day, if I smell a pipe, I mean, it feels like comfort because he would just let me talk it out. I love that. And I mean, part of the time he was probably asleep for all I know, but he just, I could, I could let those questions out. Mm-hmm. But when I saw those words, I thought, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because these are all the things that people mm-hmm. are irritated by. And so strengths learning, when I tell people this in training and I say Mm -hmm. this on here, it was life-changing for me. That is not an exaggeration. Yeah, because it flipped everything on its head, It flipped everything. And then again, just kind of like Dawn, I was all of a sudden in this 
container in this circle of people who said, wow, I see your talent. Yeah. And you are, you could be an incredible teacher of this. Um, To have Jerlene and Melissa at Lauren's graduation and to think of, you know, 2010 was when I got to sit across from the table from these people I hardly knew. Mm. Now our, our mentors in my life, mentors in my daughter's life and have taught me so much about the power of this language and the power of this instrument and the power of the way that we can extend it. Mm -hmm. So, and then I think back to, you know, when you and I started talking about strengths Mm -hmm. and I was like, someone else loves this as much (laughs) as I do because I felt, I didn't feel that way. Mm. It was, there were, there was a lot of eye rolling. You know, when I would do a strengths activity, it was kind of like, okay, Allison's going to do a strengths activity. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. Mm -hmm. And you were just hand clapping about it. I don't like it. (laughs) This is great. So, it's so funny. Okay, so, I, gosh, this is so interesting because I've heard you say things like, you know, my top five were everything, you know, I knew was wrong with me, right? Mm-hmm. And strengths helped me see that, and it was life-changing. And But the way you just explained it, it just, I think, really helped me click what a different experience we've had with strengths learning. And I don't think I ever fully recognized that, and I love that. And I think any, anyone listening can say, yeah, I get where both of you are coming from, and mine was even a little different, right? So mm-hmm. I think for me – my reaction, I think, and I don't, and I'm wondering if this is maybe where self-assurance falls. Um, that's maybe my hypothesis because yours is pretty low, right? <laughs> way low. Um, way low, minus 12. <clears throat> um, so it definitely comes up a lot um, for me that it was almost like a confirmation, right, of who I am. But also it was a, for me, my first reaction was, well, doesn't everybody think like that? I know. Or doesn't everybody do things like that? I share right? that all the time <laughs> like, when I'm talking with people that that was right? your reaction. And that's such a, that's a brilliant reaction. Right. Because we're so in ourselves that I didn't realize that people <laughs> don't have little filing cabinets in their head of information that they just draw upon. Right. I mean, I mean, yes, I could realize that in relation with other people, but to have it spelled out like that and to say, yes, this is what's different about you, Tess, but also it's what's uniquely awesome about you mm-hmm. and you can wield this as a strength, right? Like it's helped me to understand and like, cor- you know, course correct myself on a trajectory where I think would be best, right? For my mm-hmm. future and for my goals and um, and also help me to figure out the best fit to roll within teammates and mm-hmm. um, just all of these things that I think I just, I, I knew that, you know, we all know we're a little bit different from the person next to us, but to have it spelled out so explicitly, you know, right. in such an explicit way to say, you know, you have patterns in your head. Not everybody has patterns in their head, right? When you get frustrated with people, it's because you're 12 steps ahead of them. Or I see their pattern. Right? Or, yeah. Their pattern of behavior. Their pattern. There it is. And you're like, oh, gosh, that's enlightening. (laughs) You know, (laughs) things like that that, you know, or when someone I was just sharing with Allie before we recorded that, I lost something recently. And I never, ever lose anything because I remember exactly where it is. I remember exactly where I put it. And this thing, I remembered exactly where I put it. I had just left the pl- – I left um, uh, my – you know, you know. so I remembered exactly where it was and I got it within 10 minutes I had it taken care of, right, the thing that I lost. But it was still so disorienting, those 10 minutes of not knowing where I placed it. So that's right? your context strategic, don't you feel? I think so, yeah, Okay, for so sure. my – I lose things everywhere I go, as you know. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Partially because I have so much crap that I'm taking along with me. I have lost multiple cameras. Oh, my gosh. The girls and I went to Vegas, lost a camera in the cab. Literally got out of the cab and went, oh, well, camera's in there. 
Um, yeah. I lose stuff constantly, hmm. constantly. And I think, so I'm, I'm thinking, but my strategic knows it. Yeah. But I think the input causes some of it. Like, sure. oh, I got to have all my 25 things right here <laughs> by me. I'm very likely to lose something. Mm-hmm. Your context strategic, you don't lose things. And and for me, when I do it so rattling, because I know I shouldn't have, like, I when things like that happen, like, so this has happened a lot recently, and I was like, I feel like this could almost be a separate conversation, but every time I've recently spilled something, knocked something, like, off a shelf, or made, like, something slip, or in this case, when I lost something, there was a thing in my head that said, you need to remember this before it happened. Okay, it was the most bizarre thing. And I'm like, I don't know if it's like Holy Spirit in action and that's like God's conviction. I don't know if it's my strategic. You know what I think. You know, or what it is or, you know, (laughs) whatever. Um, You know, but I'm like right before, right before my salad dressing slips off my salad thing, I see it and think that shouldn't be there because it's going to slip. And then it happens, right? Um, Or, you know, there was one time where I was... um, you know, getting, you know, I was getting in the shower after I came back from the gym and I put my phone kind of on the corner of my vanity and I was like, oh, that's a little close. I probably should move it, but I didn't. And then it was on the ground when I got out of the shower, right? Like these little things or like this where I was like, I remember putting my AirPod case in the treadmill. This is what I lost, you know, when I put my AirPods in to run. And, and I remember thinking I probably shouldn't put that there because it's kind of hidden and I probably won't see it when I get off the treadmill. So then 10 minutes after I leave the gym, I'm like, oh, I left it there, right? So there's these, you know... Things in my head that I think are trying to prevent me from failure, right? Or you could be clairvoyant. <laughs> or, you know, it could just be, yeah. You could, I could just be, be a clair- psychic, you know? <laughs> right. I do, but I do also think that that's so much that w- the way your brain thinks. Yeah. Totally. It's like that is not the logical place right. for it to go. Right. Kind of like, like, why are you putting your keys in the, like, in the marker bag? <laughs> that's dumb. Right. <laughs> Sorry. So, and I, what I think is so fascinating about this test is how we all arrive at this level of self-discovery in different ways part of the reason I know this part of the reason that I love doing this work is it took me too long to get here mm-hmm. and I want people to be equipped with the language the understanding growth mindset mm-hmm. strengths purpose all of those things sooner so they don't have to go through the mm. things that I did to get there. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so meaningful to me that we <clears throat> do strengths with our mentees. Yeah. And that we're talking to students about what's right about them, that we're showing up for someone. I think we're all led to things for a reason. So back to ACEs, mm-hmm. um, you know, go to any conference where there's a large group of social workers large group of um, people in the, you know, human service helping field and you'll find high A scores Yep, because we're drawn to the work of, I want to maybe rectify some of the own wrongs that I experienced for somebody else. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's Mm -hmm. really fascinating to think how we are created to serve others. Hmm. Okay. So when we think about failure, I wanted to almost illuminates so this is a little bit of a growth mindset story and we have like plenty of time but I wanted you're to... not worried about that falling no I'm actually not <laughs> okay. no okay 
I'm actually not. No. <laughs> now that you're um, clairvoyant, I feel totally secure am, about everything. Yeah. No, actually, good. that good seems, to know. That feels very stable. There's nothing weird about that. But okay, so I've been working through this book, and I shared it with you, and I'll share. I think I shared it here maybe um, on the last episode, but it's a book called Five, and it's this idea, this almost workbook. It almost looks like a children's book, but it's a little more of like a workbook with journaling prompts and quotes, Um, and um, it is, let's see, um, written by um, Dan Zadra. Um, We can put it on the Worth Mentioning board. Um, It'd be a great thing to do with your mentee. I want to try and find another copy. I was drawn to it at Half Price Books. Um, Great graduation gift. Great graduation gift, right? Um, I was drawn to it at Half Price Books because... Um, it almost looked like an Enneagram thing. Um, and you know, one of my, um, uh, iterations of that is five. And so I was kind of like, Oh, is this a book all about the self development? It's in the self help section, right? Um, but it ended up being this thing where I was like, Oh, I actually could really use that. Right. <laughs> That'd be really helpful. But there have been so many great. So the one that I'm really champion, the philosophy in here, there's two of them. One I'm going to share one I'll share now that really isn't related to what we're doing, but I think it's so awesome. And then the other one that's definitely related to this idea of failure and resiliency. Um, one of them is um, make, you know, how can you reclaim your Mondays? Oh. So Monday has the exact same amount of time as a Friday, but we approach it so much more differently in terms of our behavior. And so I have been um, almost making every day a Friday, which to me is a little bit of paradox in my head because if you make every day a Friday, then there's nothing special about it, right? But you know, so it's the whole, like, if everything is holy, nothing is holy, right? So if every day is a Friday, no day is a Friday. But it's this whole mindset of I approach Fridays. We all do naturally so much differently than we approach Mondays, right? Even though we love our jobs, right? right. You and I, we can say that. Right. I love my job. I love to get to do what I get to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I approach Mondays so much more differently than I approach Friday. And so you'll love that I've added a Monday and Friday meme to yes. the concept of purpose okay, training yes. that I do. Yes, yes. Um, the Monday meme yep. is so different than, than the, Friday. the Friday meme. Yep. So um, so approaching every day. So I've just done a few things like this week, you know, like went to an 11 p.m. Avengers, the Avengers Endgame movie, right? So I like was got home at like 2 a.m. and was at work the next day, right? <laughs> like, why not? If it was a Friday, I'd be going, right? Like that's all right. You know, I have the same amount of time. So I just, you know, did that and, um, you know, hung out at a coffee shop or took advantage of a happy hour earlier in the week than I would have probably and um just things like that that I'm like why why wouldn't I if today was Friday would I do this right what a great question so reclaim your Mondays yeah. so the, this workbook says what are things you can do on Mondays to make Mondays awesome right so I think I shared on here I booked a trip to London I'm doing a solo trip at the beginning of next year for like my birthday and the holiday and it just works out really well to take a vacation then because of the way the holidays fall right around the beginning of the year for me and so um I booked a trip to London and so what I'm doing to reclaim my Mondays is research things on London to get excited about my trip on Mondays on Mondays specifically um and so you know reclaiming my Mondays by something to look forward to on Monday so Monday I get to open up my travel book I get to unfold my London map and look at all the awesome things to do on planet, right? So I just do a little bit at a time, but it's something to reclaim my Mondays. Um, So that's that one philosophy that I love and wanted to share with people, right? So the other thing was the idea of looking for the second right answer. So I wanted to read this. Faced with a significant problem or setback, many people simply give up on their dreams or plans. Instead, try treating problems as opportunities to be creative. Realize that for every single obstacle, there's a solution. Discover the magic of searching for the second right answer. 
Here's an example. Suppose you and your significant other have been planning to quit work and spend a few years exploring the highways and byways of America in your shiny new Winnebago. Here's the problem. Now that you're finally ready to head off into the sunset, you realize that the price of gas has skyrocketed and you haven't saved up nearly as much money as you'll need. What do you do? Give up? Here's the second right answer. When faced with this similar situation, Daniel Ford, 70, or 57, and his wife Becky, 51, looked for an opportunity to this problem and found it. Instead of buying an RV and paying for all the gas and insurance and upkeep, the Fords applied for a job as a long-haul truck driving couple. Instead of traveling Omaha or instead of traveling America in a Winnebago, they hit the road in a fully equipped 18-wheeler. Instead of tapping into their savings as they originally thought they would need to, they were actually getting paid to see the country. Here's the principle. Always look closely for the second right answer. What at first appears to be a broken dream may actually be a dream come true. Isn't that awesome? That's fantastic. You have no idea how meaningful that is to me hmm. right now. Um, that is... I just thought it was perfect. Like it was something, like I read that and I was like, oh my gosh, right? How often, even like where I'm at now, I look back and think... Gosh, I think, feel, or see that as a failure. It didn't make the mark there, or my dreams didn't come true there, right? But how often do we look at that, and how often can we apply this principle to say, what's the next right answer, right? Right? If, you know, right. option one didn't work out, it doesn't mean that option two isn't better, or, you know, right. it's so, I don't know, it was just so good. Well, yesterday, uh, Hannah and I had a conversation with uh, another mentoring program um, in California, and she asked such meaningful questions, but she was kind of talking about where where have you seen teammates go and where do you see teammates going? And I thought about, I mean, I can't, I can't even, I can hardly describe the exponential change that's happened mm-hmm. and how grateful I am that I'm around to be part yeah. of that. Yep. Um, that's made me think a lot around growth that you have no idea is coming. Yeah. Um, sure. And even on a bad day when you get stuck, when you stay in it, you have no idea what's around the corner. That right there, that palm ferny plant, I don't even know what it is. I think it's a palm. I have no idea what it is. That thing was dead. And we were ready to quit it. I mean, we were just, I was disappointed. It had been an outdoor plant last summer. I brought it in thinking I could save it. And then, you know, Mike was kind of like, it's a patio plant, Allison. It's not going to make it past a year. And I said, I'm not going to give up on that thing. You know, what's the harm? What's the harm? What's it doing? You know, is it taking up any more space than anything else? I'm like, I'm just going to give it a try. Well, I moved it. I changed its container because it used to be upstairs. Mm. So I changed the container and I put it down here next to my other. A couple of them are not making it, but some are. <laughs> I'm not good at plants, by the way, yet. And that thing, there. see where it's brown at the bottom? Yeah. That was all there was. Wow. That thing has come back. Yeah. And every time I see it, I think... Oh, I am so glad I did not give up on you. Every single time I come down the steps or I come in at night from the garage and I see that, I think, oh, I'm so glad I did not give up on you. And it's been this visual reminder to me that I really don't know. I really don't know what's ahead. Mm. I'm so glad when I don't want to say endure, but sustain and be patient because when I just let that thing go, it did it on its own. You know, it yeah. it came around on its own time. 
yeah. not mine. Hmm. Um, and so I mean, initially I was kind of embarrassed by it. I'm like, I can't keep this crappy looking thing up in our front living room. Well, I moved it and it took off and you can see all the growth at the base. Yeah. So I think when we think about resilience, there's a lot of it that's within, but there's a lot of it that's in our external. Oh, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. This has been a great dialogue. Hmm. Yeah. For like not having anything planned. Bit. I'm like, oh man. But um, I, th- I want, so I think in terms of maybe some questions um, to maybe pose our listeners with, I would love to hear a little bit about um, when you think of failure, what do you think of? Right? Yeah. Um, and how does your prior experience, your childhood, your young adulthood, your adulthood, play into your view of what failure looks like? Um, and then I would love to hear about um, what does resiliency look like? What are in things that are internal um, within you that cause resiliency, right? If it's certain strengths of yours, um, if it's a belief system, um, if it's just history that you've walked through that you know you'll be able to get through, right? Whatever internal factors contribute to your resilience and what are the external factors that contribute to your resilience? So who are the people um, that um, encourage you in the midst of tough times or times of quote-unquote failure? Um, Who are, you know, what are the systems? um, Who are um, the people that you might not know but you might look to? Role Mm -hmm. models, um, you know, the the podcaster I love that I talk about all the time that I need to send a note to about how awesome it is. I still have it. <laughs> but you know, the <laughs> that's a task um, you, know, the, you need to definitely. complete. Um, so internal and external factors um, that contribute to your resilience. I also think Tess that we should really challenge people to think about reclaiming their Mondays. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that would be a really fun thing for us to share about as we go into the summer months. Yeah. What are we? What are you doing to reclaim your Monday? Yep. Because that's going to. There were so many things that people could share. Oh, for sure. And what a great resource to talk about over the summer before we meet with our mentees again. Yep. And then we yep. could talk with our mentees about. I love it. Some of the fun experiments that we've, we've done. done to reclaim mm-hmm. some days. One of the things we're really working on this year, I, I am, is to think outside of what we've ever done before. Yeah. And to think about. Um, for me, training and match support, what can I experiment with and how can I make things innovative? Mm -hmm. And I've really not been good at that up Mm. to this point. And I see how that maybe has held back some great learning opportunities because I've been afraid of risk and failure. Mm. So I think um, to be innovative and to, I mean, we're all experimenting. So let's try a new experiment when we think about the way we reclaim our Monday. I love it. I love awesome. it. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add on here? I feel like we, we need another up? session. I know. I feel like we do too. Well, we'll cut it off for there and look forward to more um, uh, dialogue with us about these about these topics. But we do want to thank everybody for tuning in to episode 40 of Jen and Millie. Um, uh, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode. Um, give us a rating review. Share this with your friends. Um, and let us know uh, your responses to the questions. We think that everybody's experience with strengths, um, everybody's experience and idea of failure and resiliency is so different. And so we'd love, we're just the two of us are here talking. So if we don't hear anybody else, we'd probably think of a very you know limited scope of these topics. So we'd love to hear um, uh, what you think about the ideas that we posed in this episode. So you can do so by following us on Instagram or shooting us an email. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, our tag is at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time. <laughs>